Welcome to ID10T number 1011. If you're in the Dallas, specifically Addison area, July 26 and 27, I will be at the Addison Improv. Um, and uh, ticks are at ID10T.com slash tour. There's a direct link there. And then August 8, 9, 10, I'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina at Goodnight's Comedy Club. Or Goodnight's Comedy Club. What are the emphasis in there? Goodnight's. I feel like it's Goodnight's. Goodnight's. Comedy Club, also ID10T.com slash tour. Um, let's talk about the uh, ID10T community corkboard. And this is from Michael, who says, uh, I co-wrote and produced a short film along with my friend Nick that is called Alora. It's about a single mother training to be a NASA astronaut and has to make a choice between going on the mission of a lifetime in outer space and the love of her child that she would have to leave behind. We'll be screening it Saturday, July 27 at 4.10 p.m. during the Fort Worth Indie Film Showcase. We recently won Best Space Travel Film at the Sci-Fi, uh, at the Scion Film Festival in Reno, Nevada, and first runner-up in the Best Texas Short Film at the Denton Black Film Festival. Congratulations! For more information about the film, including behind-the-scenes photos, trailers, uh, and screening info, follow Alora Film. A-L-O-R-A film on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Matt writes, a friend of mine has a band, and they've just released their first signal- single. She's the singer of the band called Saturn V, and their new single is Paralyzed. They are from Newcastle, Australia, and uh, it can be hard to get the word out. So go ahead and find it on iTunes and Spotify. So there you go. Events at ID10T.com is how you would get your thing out there. This episode returning first guest ever on the podcast tom lennon is back and maybe he brought senior abuelito with him who sang the theme song the original original theme song um so maybe maybe that maybe he comes back for a second or two uh but tom is great i love him he tells some amazingly <laughs> there's some uh horror stories in here some good hollywood stories and uh we tell a lot of cat stories so this was recorded in april and just to give you a little context and at the time um our cat anubis was very sick uh and then we had some issues but he got better uh and then he just got sick again and anubis has his own Instagram account, by the way. Sweetie, is it just Anubis Tutankhamun Hurst? Tutankhamun spelled the way Tutankhamun is spelled. So look it up. Uh, Anubis Tutankhamun Hurst. She's been putting updates on there, but we think he's on the mend now. But I think I might, I think the word salad wrap today is going to be a little bit about cat health because <laughs> we just went through a lot of that. Tom, oh, and also Tom tells a story uh, uh, about a, a really, oh my God. He tells uh, a, a real whopper of a story. Um, and he talks about a cat that he found that he took to his vet. And so, but it occurred to me that uh, I should probably bleep out the name of his vet because maybe that's not something that everyone, maybe, it's a, maybe he doesn't want everyone to know what vet he goes to. So uh, you'll hear three little bleeps in the, in the podcast. And that's just, I just, for privacy concerns, I just bleeped out the name of his vet. Maybe I'm being overprotective or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's all, that's all that happened there. So that's that. Tom has a book out called Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles, which is an amazing young adult novel that Tom just wrote somehow in his spare time. Because he is a machine of content. And uh, yeah, and I've, I absolutely, 
Tom is one of my favorite people to riff with, and uh, it's so great that almost 10 years, nine and a half, almost 10 years later, uh, that uh, he's able to come back on the podcast and talk about stuff. And he was also uh, one of the executive producers of At Midnight, too. So Tom and I, there's a lot of special history with this man. I adore him, and this is the ID10T podcast number 1011 with Mr. Tom Lennon. Initiating ID10T protocol. His books. I got a bunch of books. Guys, I made the New York Times bestseller list. Oh my god. Well, first of all. Are we going? Yeah. Oh, we're going. This is the podcast. First of all. It's <laughs> I didn't bring my. Uh, did you bring. I know. Senor Abuelito did not bring his whole rig today. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. It's going to make you a scarf and some clothes. It's so good to a see you both. And some clothes. It's been so long since you uh, wrote our theme song. I know. Uh, I made a I made a tidy tidy sum off that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here, hang on. My wife's calling. No, your wife's calling. Make sure it's the okay. cat's okay. Hello. Oh, spoiler alert. We're gonna find out. Hello, if cat, sweetie. If the cat is okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Tom's here. We're actually recording the podcast. I'm so sorry. The vet. Okay. Okay. I love you. I love you. I love you. Bye. Is the cat okay? We That's think okay. he, we're not sure. It's uh, something funny. The vet, but the vet clinic is not being cool. Oh, I don't like that. I got a great vet if you need a good vet. We probably do. When I was a young boy, I guess we should start with this. I witnessed something, speaking of cat veterinary problems, yeah. that would change my life forever, which was uh, a cat basically fell apart in front of my eyes when I was four. <laughs> a cat had had stitches, and the stitches like fell out, and I... I don't know why I'm telling you. I was this, concerned that you yeah. were a wizard. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. no the cat, uh, and then you were disintegrated. Disca- you, I, was, I, was, I was concerned that you were Damien Thorne no, and no. you were discovering your satanic powers. Oh, God, I wish. God, I wish. Wouldn't it be great to have just a couple of those? <laughs> no, but I remember I was at, I was at a play group. Uh, we had, did a thing because our parents were like sort of hippie, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Chicago liberal types. And uh, the cat at the, the Babcock's house where we were having play group had had some stitches but they didn't take or something like that. Oh, no. So I remember as a four-year-old, this may, might be my first memory, just watching a cat fall apart in front of my eyes. <laughs> and that explains a lot uh-huh. about... I, I haven't thought about it till right now. And uh, boy, it really, that would really mess me up for a long time. Do you need a minute? Yeah, or are you... Are, are, is, I'm all right. Is it all right? <laughs> uh, let's say I took a minute. I'm back. Thanks. This explains yeah. why you can't mm-hmm. get hard unless you see a cat explode. <laughs> Which is a very specific porn category. I know. Exploding pussy. I know. Do not hey, look at my... Guys. Don't look at my search history, guys. <laughs> it's so weird. Well, what we're referring um, to, just in case we have to snip that other part out, is that... So, uh, mm-hmm. our cat has been sick. I'm so sorry. And we took him to the vet. We took him in the middle of the night to the vet, and they were not super helpful. And they said, well, you can take him. If he doesn't get better, you can take him to this other place. If he's not better, you can take him there to get a CT scan. So she calls on Friday and says, okay, he's not getting better. I'm the so cat's sorry. like sneezing blood. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. So, but it doesn't yeah. look like it just it, – he might have an obstruction. He might have – like it might not be fatal. He might have sniffed in a little – sometimes There might get, be a little something. You can also get – they can get a little burr like, in their, like yes. a, in their nose and stuff. Yeah. And so – 
on Friday they said, well, take him into this other facility, but we can't make an we can't schedule an appointment for you. You just have to show up, and hopefully they can take you. And she was like, okay. So she drives all the way to West LA, which is like an hour from where we live. It's a home, yeah. And uh, she just called me, and they're like, they were like, oh, well, we have to do blood work, and then you have to take him home, and then we'll look at the blood work, and then schedule the CT scan. And it's like, oh, come on, why guys. didn't you take the blood work before? Come on, <laughs> why guys. didn't you do that before? I was thinking of. Uh, I mean, we're up all night. We're not sleeping because she has to. The only way that he keeps him from sneezing is oh, she rubs no. his nose, mm. and so all night long he's like sneezing and sneezing, and she's rubbing his nose all night long. And it's like, hey, we, on Friday you would have known that he might have needed blood work before you could take him in for a CT scan. So why did you not tell us that then? Not to double down or quadruple down on sad cat stories, <laughs> but I think that's what I'm going to do. Hashtag gonna, sad cats. This is the sad cats episode. <laughs> meow, I'm going to put all my meow, chips. Meow, 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 meow. I'm going to push all my chips on the. T- table so a couple years back this is a great way to start we're going with the saddest cat stories in the world i'm gonna go ahead and just say probably skip the next 10 minutes and then it's gonna get hilarious we'll get to well, the book all our kinds opener of fun was a cat falling apart exploded so. basically in front of my eyes and and then i was never okay again of course not. Yeah. how could you be that's tragic. i was not i wasn't so a couple years ago uh jenny and i used to live in a neighborhood that my my friend deemed as astro fat Mm-hmm. Because we live right down the street from Astro Burger and Fat Burger. Oh yes, in the middle in the middle of uh, sort of West Hollywood there. Yeah, and we found a, a baby kitten in an alley. We found this gore- beautiful little black baby kitten in an alley, and we took it home. And it was definitely like I mean eyes weren't open. I'm talking tiny little kitten. Um, and we tried to you know we got it a little bit of milk and kept it in a warm box. Took it to, <laughs> and they were like, "What do you want us to do?" <laughs> And I was like, I want you to keep save it alive, this cat, you asshole. What do you, yeah. So, uh, bring the cat in, do all the paperwork. What, what's the cat's birthday? Well, I'm going to put today just because um, we don't know when this cat was born. Uh, a couple days, uh, day passes. I call later that night. They're like, the cat has the cat has passed away. The cat passed away, and I'm I'm very sad. Well, actually, they were like, oh, hang on, I think he's fine. Oh no, he's. <laughs> But oh wait! The cat oh no! Came oh, back. Oh no, he's dead. The very next <laughs> yeah. day, it was the opposite of the cat came back. Like, <laughs> hang on one second. Oh yeah, that one, that cat's dead. And, like, said, <laughs> oh yeah, said with that much like uh, sensitivity. You right with those cats back there? Which yeah. ones? Is it still, anything? Is it still moving? Yeah. She's still squirming around. So we're not sure. And I love this is one of the great things about the automated world that we live in. So I had logged in. The cat was there. Then I got home and I, uh, I'm just like crying and it's sad about this cat and everything sucks and the. And I get an email from the cat. The t- from the cat. This was crazy. It's like a David Lynch movie. Um, I get an email from, and the email is a cart because I'd entered the cat's birthday as that day that I took him in. So what I got was like a little dancing birthday card. That's and we because we found the cat. I'm laughing because yep, this is the worst. Because story. we found the cat behind. Astroburger, we'd named him French Fry. <laughs> and so, so I get an email from that says, We know somebody's having a birthday. Oh, no. Happy birthday, French Fry. And it was like one of those kind of animated cards you get from somebody. So I'm sitting there sobbing, there are tears pouring down my face. No. I'm looking at this card that says, Happy birthday, French Fry. <laughs> and I'm thinking about. And then so I, I called, I called them, and I was like, Okay, you assholes, look. Come on. I just want you to know. Come on. You just sent me a hilarious animated birthday card for a, a cat that's dead. 
that just died today. What do you want us to you do about bastards. it? What do you want me to do about it? And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah, that's the computer. Yeah, that's the computer does that. <laughs> that's the computer for you. And I'm like, you, uh, you, yeah. So that they really. It's not automated. The computer just thinks it's funny. Yeah. The, the, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The computer's it's got a six. With this weird AI computer, yeah. just so yeah. That was a that was a rough one. Yeah. Happy birthday, I French did fry. For the lulls. <laughs> what the fuck? Happy birthday, French fry. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. It is funny because yeah. he is no longer alive. <laughs> you see, uh-huh. and he had uh-huh. a cute and he had a cute name. Anyway, so my thoughts and prayers are with your <laughs> so, sending thoughts and prayers. I think I think Anubis is going to be okay. Yeah. I, I I don't. He's eating. He's going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's behaving. Is he named after the god of death? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to check one more time. Okay. I, uh, okay. The Egyptian Which uh, means god he of can't the, die. He's he's well, immortal. Yeah. He's I immortal. Would, I would think so. He's yeah. immortal. Yeah. The Egyptian yeah. god of uh, the underworld and death. Yeah. He's sure. immortal. I mean, listen. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm we're, I'm trying to find laughter in all this because I'm so I really. You know, my wife and this cat, because she's had him since he was How old's it? What's cat's palm, age? palm-sized. He's yeah, yeah. 12. Okay. And, um, oh, no, he's got a good long run ahead of him. He's got a good long oh, yeah. run ahead of he's him, and he's long, an otherwise yeah. healthy. He's a great cat, and they, the, my wife and the cat are so connected. Like, she talks to him constantly, sings to him. He, like, he's yeah, of course. imprinted on her yeah. and only pays me attention I'm sort of like an emotional blow-up doll for the cat. If she's yeah. not around, he will come up to me. But the mm-hmm. second she walks in the room, I'm... Yeah, you become a... I'm you're not, a side a dish. Of furniture. You're yeah. a side dish, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, so I get I'm, that. I'm really... I do believe he's okay. The, the, it's, the thing is, you know, she's been diagnosing online, and you shouldn't oh, do, you that. do that. you can't do that. You can't do that, because you'll convince yourself of a lot of stuff. Yeah. My wife does a lot of that. The she cat and we of, have cancer, it turns yeah. out. How did you know that yeah. from looking up the cat? Well, mm-hmm. that's just what it says. This is why we're always sleepy. Yeah. Yeah, it's because we're being irradiated by our phones and stuff. Constantly. Yeah. Or the wife. You know, there's that thing. You You're being this? irradiated by your wife? You haven't heard? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you know she's with the FSB, which was once the KGB. Oh, I didn't really understand that. Have you, uh, do you, have you read this? There's a super scary experiment that somebody did. Oh, no. You don't want to know about this, guys. The experiment about the <laughs> so the, like, the lichen moss plant that would not grow when there's Wi-Fi around. Oh, no. You never read this one, guys? No. Don't read it, because it's a real bummer. Because <laughs> lichen doesn't trust the government, man. Yeah, I would love to think that's true, but apparently just Wi-Fi just kills living things, it says. Well, you know, yeah. maybe it kills uh, simple organisms. Right. But for us... Right. More super complex organisms it's that fine. are also somewhat electrical. No, it's yeah, fine. we're probably we're probably fine. What's an extra ear on your back? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, we just don't. We just won't develop anymore. No, which it. I don't think we're going. We weren't going to anyway. Really? No, 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 no. no. That, that, that ship is. What sailed. do we still have this appendix for? That ship is sailed. We're, like I eat grass once in a while just to use my appendix. And does it keep it? Keep it, it does to keep it. In. Humans are, fighting shape. humans are just vestigial mm-hmm. appendages on this planet. Yeah, it's they were not. It's, it's not. It's not happening. We did it. We had a, we had a great run. Our purpose was to build the machines. We did it to then take yeah. then to take over. Then to just sort of take it from there. I've been thinking about Atlantis a lot lately. Sure. Um, speaking of, mm-hmm. did you ever read that great book, this, the Fingerprints of the Gods? No. Speaking of civilizations, and I don't. Okay, if you don't want a spoiler of. The, the book is called Fingerprints of the Gods by mm-hmm. Graham Hancock. It's one of the greatest books you'll ever read in your entire life. Plug your ears for a second, and I'll tell you what. Okay, so he starts with the premise. Mm-hmm. Why are there pyramids in Egypt and pyramids in Central America mm-hmm. at about the exact same time? Mm-hmm. Why did that happen? That's crazy. It's parallel thinking. It's like why you write a joke about um, – mm. 
you know, mm. Geico Insurance and someone else writes a joke about Geico Insurance. So you're comparing, the, you're comparing the pyramids mm-hmm. to Twitter jokes. Yep, that's right. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> to mm-hmm. shitty Twitter jokes. It's the same basic premise. Okay, but here's, so here's, here's how he explains it. And I think it's okay. Spoiler alert. Plug your ears. <laughs> Atlantis existed. 100%. Okay. It was really a, co- a lost continent of Atlantis. But because of the way the earth, the plates have moved and the precession of the earth as we spin, Atlantis is now down at the lower pole of the earth, Antarctica, mm-hmm. and it's covered in a mile of ice. Okay. But if we could see under that mile of ice, there's the remnants of the amazing civilization. Do you want to go right now? Yeah, let's go right now. Okay. <laughs> And we're back. It was wrong. Uh, yeah. He was so wrong. We lost a lot of good men oh. down there. <laughs> <laughs> but it was worth it. Oh, it was worth it. We, we drilled down. We drilled a mile. One there. Um, yeah. What, just, nothing. Just a lot of weird frozen nothing. sea creatures. Frozen stuff. And yeah, a little a bit of, of lichen. Yeah, some lichen. But it seemed like the Wi-Fi made stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The lichen has become somewhat mm-hmm. sentient. But yeah. uh, it'll be a couple generations. The, p- the part really of the journey that, that I didn't like was when the lichen sort of came for us like that movie It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you keep saying lichen, and I keep thinking underworld. I, I keep meant, thinking werewolves. I just meant the thing. You meant the thing, yeah. See, there's now so many pronoun movies. Right. It, it, them, us. The thing, us, it, them. Those. The, is there those? Should be. Let's, let's get, them, get that right now. <laughs> Do you, can you get those.com? Those, get those. I got go, I got to go, Daddy. We own those. And, and then... And again, I just um, oh, want to reiterate my... You know, we talked a lot, and I sort of feel like we just, like, steamrolled over Senior mm. Arbolito, who was very kind. He did some great work for it, us. But then he yeah. left. Uh, yeah. he, 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 we he, can go get him back. Senior Arbolito! <laughs> He's gone. It's in our <laughs> Oh, no! Going to make you a scarf and sunglasses and a scarf and sunglasses! <laughs> you lost a f- small fortune on scarves and gloves, I know, back <laughs> in the day. The I know. Tom, mm-hmm. uh... I, fuck yourself for writing a yeah. book on top of everything else that you're doing to just make everyone else feel completely unproductive. Well, this How is, did you write? And this mm-hmm. is not a small book. No, I wrote a full-blown novel. This is a full-blown... I wrote. Uh, so the novel is called Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles. And it's the first of a series. Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles. That's exactly right. It's about a young boy who uh, gets recruited for the Leprechaun Division of Police. Oh, that's in fantastic. Ireland. And this is one of these weird things where... So I spent you know a couple of years writing the book, and all I ever thought about was, boy, what if the book becomes a bestseller? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? And then it did. <laughs> it's all downhill then, from and here. And you know what happens? You know what you feel when that happens, Chris? Not, probably, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you feel That's, absolutely nothing. We talk about this mm-hmm. a lot in the podcast. Yeah. The, the, the attainment of a goal is so careful, a guys. passage of a moment. Be so careful. And, mm-hmm. and the story that you tell... But, mm-hmm. but the... The journey, like, it got you to this place. Oh, sure. Yeah. So what is it that you think is creating the emptiness? I really, it's a really fascinating question. Um, Do you think Antarctica is under all the ice in your heart? <laughs> God, I hope there's something <laughs> under there. No, but it's, it's a dangerous thing. Yeah, so it was uh, exciting. It's very hard to get. Uh, weird Al and I had a long talk. Not, this is going to sound like a weird conversation. Uh, I was talking to Weird Al about getting on the bestseller list. It's very hard to get on the bestseller list mm-hmm. because they, the New York Times rates, they have an algorithm. Oh, so good. some sales count more than other sales. It's not just like straight up sales. How does it's that very, make sense? I know. How does that make sense? A sale is a sale. You would think, but not not to them. No. So I think uh, like real, like small bookstores sales count more. There's like 
there's a certain way that they do it that it can still be a little bit snooty, <laughs> too, oh. which is uh, I was pleased. I made the number two spot, which was good. Holy shit. It was great. It was really, really great. And I also think it was very good for my mental health to not make the number one spot because I think then I just go crazy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> then I'm just like full blown. MC you never want number one. Then I'm just got I got forty people on staff. Suddenly at number two, there you yeah. still there's still a place to go up. At number one, where, where what did you do? You only go down. It's just minks. Yeah, and jets. Yeah, it's just mink toilet paper. Mink toilet just paper. live minks. Live minks. Your ass well, no, I don't want that. I would never hurt a mink. No, 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 no. I no, would no. just wipe with a. No, line. they're fine. Like <laughs> they're beautiful you animals. Can wipe shit on them. They're okay. <laughs> Like they, they'll totally survive that. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you just—I mean—the the money you lose is on cleaning them. <laughs> just cleaning them, oh. and you're having to reintroduce yeah. them to their native <laughs> habitat. Oh, you only use responsibly. You only use them once. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's wow. The, it I is, know how things are working up the here. The challenge on the hill. was: can you do the most simultaneously <laughs> eco-hurtful and mm-hmm. eco-friendly thing at yeah, the yeah. same time? Mm-hmm. So it's we take them out of the natural mm-hmm. and wipe shit on wiping them, them, and then we have to reintroduce Clean them. them. It's reintroduce you know, them. Tens of thousands of dollars per mink. Uh-huh. So every oh, sure. time you shit, it's like a hundred thousand dollars. Once they get reintroduced to their habitat, the whole rivers can change. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, river and yeah, yeah, and so it it all it all balances out in a way. Um, anyway, so uh, the book the book has been a real joy. It's the it's just the book writing is the opposite of movie writing, really. Mm-hmm. Like movie writing, there's God, there's a lot of committees, <laughs> so many committees, which you can, I think you can feel sometimes when you see movies. You're like, this felt like a committee. How many movies have you made? Have you written mm-hmm. that have not gotten made? Not gotten made. Yeah. Ooh, crime any? Because I just uh, I think it's interesting for people to hear. Mm-hmm. If you're just a an, if you're just, if mm. you don't work in the entertainment business and you just randomly see stuff mm. pop up in the theater, I just think it's interesting to hear like how like it it is really like the the one sperm out of two hundred and fifty million. Oh God, yes. that is you oh, know yeah. like burrowed into the egg. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so people always say like, oh, Tom and Ben are successful screenwriters. You know, like you know, and it says in my Wikipedia, like you know, they're top top Hollywood screenwriters. Uh, the the number of things that are just full blown failures is just like <laughs> astonishing. So if we've got we've written ten or like maybe twelve films that have been made, which is a lot. There that is a fucking ton. There aren't a lot of people that have had that many films made. Um, but that's basically about resilience and persistence. Because I, mean, I think there was one year at Fox we had three movies shelved in in a year. Here's my oh my favorite recent movie story <laughs> because they just suck. I mean, so we've written probably forty or fifty. We've shelled films. so many yeah. of your films. We just right. gave you a storage closet. I, I know it's amazing. So uh, my favorite thing we did recently was we we there was this great article um, from a magazine and we were going to write a movie about it. And it was it was about uh, there is this culture of mostly men who sign up to be the first human trials of pharmaceuticals. Okay. Which is a heavy duty thing, because no one, no human has ever taken this drug before, mm-hmm. and somebody has to be the first, mm-hmm. and you get paid well, you know, to do it, but the the stakes are very dangerous. So Ben and I had come up with this pitch, sort of based on that, about a focus medicine. These two kind of loser guys in Cincinnati um, end up; they start taking this focus drug, and then they really get their shit together, <clears throat> and like. They get better jobs and they get like they meet cool women and they become these like amazing uh, alpha type 
people, and then you find out, like, sort of, there's a little bit of a caper. It's it's basically it was like the funny Jacob's Ladder. Yes. You find out. <laughs> finally. Yeah, finally. You find out later, like, midway through, you're like, oh, nothing in their life has changed, but just their perception of their life has changed. Which is a been, really fascinating yeah. point of view. Which would be, they're like, you know what, we couldn't make you a pill that made you more fit. We couldn't make you a pill that made you have more hair. But we could have a pill that makes you perceive yourself in a much more pleasant way. Right. So uh, that's basically what was the premise of the movie. We pitched it to Emma Watts, our friend at Fox, who we made all the Night at the Museum movies. She passed in the room. She was like, this is so sad. I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, and we're like, oh, wow, okay. I mean, literally, she was doing – you know when you're talking to someone and they're subtly shaking their head? Right, right, right. Like, no. Like their body is rejecting <laughs> mm-hmm. it unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Whenever, I'm, whenever I'm telling Patton Oswalt what I'm doing in my life, he subtly is just – Just shaking his he's head. He's just quietly mm-hmm. – mm-hmm. and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes he will subconsciously also go, oh, boy. <laughs> And I was like, hey, I was just telling you something I was excited about in my life. Now I know that it sucks. <laughs> oh, boy. And he's like, uh, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, you, like, no, no, oh you did were, I do this in my body? Yeah. Oh, the that's whole time you were shaking your head that's saying, involuntary. oh, boy. So Emma passes. We then end up selling it to Fox 2000, which is hilarious because the office is like 50 feet away from Emma's office. Elizabeth Gabler, who was running Fox 2000, she loves this movie. Loves it, loves it, loves it. So excited. Watts versus Gabler. So we write the movie. She is so excited. It comes in. She's thrilled, but with a slight caveat. It doesn't feel like a Fox 2000 movie to her. It's too big and commercial. This is more of a regular Fox movie. She gives the script back to Emma, mm-hmm. who passed in the room and was like, this is the most depressing movie I've ever heard. I hate it. Right. Reads the script. I love it. Now she Did loves she remember it. passing on it? I don't remember. And I, I, <laughs> you don't I, want to remind I, her. I don't remember. I don't want to remind her. I just keep my head down. I'm like, of course. Sometimes people just forget. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, whether she forgot or just changed her mind, I didn't care. It was great. Now we've got to go movie at Fox after a pass in the room, which is like, that's the, the juggernaut. Then a new co-chair comes in, reads a script. Hates it so much. <laughs> it's out again. Yep. So that was like, basically that was a year and a half of work and a full script that now is just literally shredded in the garbage. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the heartbreaks, here's my, I got our new heartbreaks, movie heartbreak story. Great. This will kill you. Great. Okay. We uh, have this idea. It's a sweet little, we wrote The Pacifier. You know, we write like some family movies. Yeah. You know, uh, that it's been a nice lifestyle, <laughs> but so we had this fun idea for a movie about Ben and I both loved. There's a book about Frank Sinatra called "The Way You Wear Your Hat," and it's all about like his rules of life. Sure, like the like one question they ask Frank Sinatra is like, "What's the one thing you would never do around a woman?" And he gives an interesting answer. That's yawn. That was Frank Sinatra's really? answer. Yeah, yawn. So it's not a lot of like no. Don't take your prick out on a tennis court. Oh no, we're not don't, even. We're not. We're nowhere oh, close to there. Okay, gotcha. no, it's like don't yawn in front of a lady. Like be a class act. So yeah, we ended up. We wanted to write this movie that was about. It's about a Vegas limo driver who ends up driving around a bunch of, like a, a mafia, Don's kids and his friends, the kid and his friends, and they're all. The, it's a couple boys and they're all awful. They're just like one's a Kardashian, one's was raised by. They're just <laughs> awful little children, and it's sort of like. 
there's again a little crime heist that happens, but it's it's basically about him teaching these boys to be more like Frank Sinatra, just mm-hmm. to be like classier people. So we we pitched it to Adam Sandler's agent, and the whole we pitched the whole pitch. Adam Sandler's agent goes crazy. He's like, I love it. This is amazing. <clears throat> exactly the kind of thing Adam's looking to do. Couldn't be more excited. We go into Sony where Sandler's got his deal. Mm-hmm. We're pitching it to uh, Doug Belgrad, the head of production at Sony. Big dude. We're doing the pitch. And Ben and I, when we do a pitch, it's, you know, it's like a state sketch. It's just a full sketch. <laughs> we play every character. Oh, my God. We're like, you know, we keep it tight to like 10, 14 <clears throat> minutes is like our longest pitch. But we do the entire movie, everyone's facial expressions. <laughs> like we do a whole thing. We're mid, in the midpoint of that. And Doug Belgrad's assistant comes in with a post-it note on his finger that he only shows to Doug. I can't see what's on it. And Doug's like, gentlemen, I'm so sorry. Let's pause this pitch just for a second. Just hang on. I'll be right back. I have to take this. Steps outside of the room. Ben and I lean into each other. We're like, this is the greatest pitch of our lives. We're about to be so rich. This is amazing. Doug comes, comes back in. He's like, gentlemen, continue. Great. Keep going with the pitch. Finish the pitch. Pitch goes amazing. Doug says, let us think about it. This is great. Ben and I out in the parking lot, high-fiving, victory lap. We're so psyched. We get in the car. We're driving home. We call our agents to find out how the pitch went because it seemed amazing. And the call, what we found out was the Post-it note said Adam Sandler's on the line was the phone call in the middle of our Adam Sandler movie pitch. (laughs) Doug went out, got on the phone with him. They were talking about something else. But he said, oh, you know, uh, your guys, Tom and Ben, are here uh, pitching that the limo driver movie. And Sadler went, oh, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and that happened in the middle of our pitch. Yeah. So unbeknownst to us, our whole second half of the pitch, where we're doing like funny faces. It was over. <laughs> it was over. We, but we're going hard. <laughs> <laughs> and we had no idea. We we didn't know we were already dead. So this is an interesting... It was the sixth sense. This is an interesting... <laughs> and we were the Bruce You were Willis. the ghosts! We were the ghosts. The whole time. Well, the second we half of your pitch, you were the ghosts. ghosts. Yep. You died halfway through the pitch. You just didn't yeah, realize we it. We just didn't know. It, it was... <laughs> You're still haunting his office. So... That that one hurt. Would you have rather that he stopped you and said, this isn't going to work? Or do you, were you happy Jesus, that... Jesus, that's a great question. Because <laughs> I, I think yeah. it was humane that he let you finish. Yes. Because... Yes. And then... But then the shame... Yeah. Yes, it was humane. It was humane. It was humane. I think it, I think yeah. that was an incredibly nice thing to do because yeah. there, you know, there are a lot of studio people that might have just been like, mm-hmm. guys, I've heard enough. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know, like... He, yeah. He could have been a dick about it, but he. But I, I don't think that was a dickish thing to do. What no, would no, you was do? Humane. It was what humane. would you do? Well, I got. A, I got. Speaking of, I have the. I have the. I have the scary version of this. Also happened. Okay. The much scarier. Hashtag version. sad cats. Sad cats. <laughs> this is where the cats get very sad. <laughs> the sad cat rating of nine point six. <laughs> this is where. Okay, so. Uh, so this is all in the theme of. God, it's mostly it's mostly disappointment and failure. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> and then you, every once in a while, you get something through, and that's amazing. Amazing, <clears throat> yeah. It is the tiny sperm that could. Yeah. <clears throat> so <clears throat> we had a movie with uh, that J.J. Abrams was producing. Yeah. Um, and it was called uh, The Weckoning, and it was about these little goblins that live under Stonehenge. Okay. Uh, well, no. So they they live under a bridge that's near Stonehenge, <clears throat> and 
it's basically like a little watership down about these little monsters. Yeah. And they're just got to find a new bridge to live under. But they're these fun little monster creatures. And they all kind of talk like this. And it's called The Wackening. And it was just like a... <clears throat> Live action, anime CG? Animated. Okay. Uh, animated, fully animated movie. Uh, JJ loves it. We, we've worked with him on it for a long time. We pitch it to Paramount where JJ Abrams has his deal. And you feel like you have a... If JJ is behind you, you feel We're like good. you have a good. We're good. Yeah, and, and it's a really funny pitch. It's like me and Ben, we sing a couple so- like songs are oh, in it. Fantastic. So we're like singing a song about moving the stones of stone. Hey. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big thing. So we, uh, this was an amazing one. Uh, we go in, we sell it, sold, sold to Paramount. Done. Get a call from JJ. Man, I'd really love to get one more offer on this just to drive up the, you know, get the deal in a slightly better place. And we're like, JJ, it is your world. We just shopping it, man. Let's, what do you want to do? Yeah, what are you going to tell him? No. Yeah, we're like, yeah, bro, let's do it. He's like, uh, can you guys go just run over this afternoon at three and will you pitch it to Jeffrey Katzenberg at DreamWorks? And we're like, uh, yes, we can. I have a yoga class, yeah. but uh, as a matter as a matter of fact, uh, Jeffrey loves us. We've been working on. Peabody I, I was going to introduce these shit minks back into their natural habitat, but, <laughs> but if you want us to swing by Katzenberg, I'll, just pop by, I'll pop by the JKs. Sad Katzenberg. Uh, sad Katzenberg. The sad Katzenberg. <laughs> uh, this is actually Mad Katzenberg. <laughs> oh, no. It gets really interesting. So, so we, <laughs> so oh boy. Um, <laughs> We go in, and also, we've been working with Katzenberg for like a year on, we worked on Peabody and Sherman, we wrote the Rocky and Bullwinkle short, in which I I actually played the fearless leader voice, it was really fun, and we just had a great relationship, we just been palling around and, you know, snapping towels at each other, (laughs) so we get in, and this was, it was the Cloud City scene, Okay, it was, it was a meeting about keeping this battle station fully operational. We, Jeffrey says hello to us in the hall. Hey, guys. Hey, come on in. Come on in. And he sits down with his lieutenant, Bill, his number two guy. And Ben and I are geared up. We're about to start doing funny voices. <laughs> We're so psyched. And Katzenberg says, before these guys start, <clears throat> Bill, let me just explain to you. They've already sold this movie to Paramount. There is zero chance we're going to get this film. No chance. They're here because they needed a stalking horse, and they're trying to get their price up at Paramount. So that's why they're pitching to me. It's a bullshit pitch, and they're just doing this so that they can get a better deal at Paramount. Go. <laughs> wow, he's good. And it was like, oh, my God. My- <laughs> it's a beautiful day. And then we've got to do these little bits where we're little tiny mice men singing a song, singing a song. Somebody needs to turn that frown upside down. It was the most, I don't know if you've been yelled at by an adult man lately. <clears throat> Holy shit. My, I stepped out in the parking lot. My hands were shaking. And they were shaking for like a couple of days. I just didn't, like, I couldn't. I couldn't shake it. It was. Did you call re- your agent? So how did it go? We all, we all stepped outside and everybody was just like, just pale and rattled. So was JJ? JJ wasn't with you. Here's the even worse thing. JJ was going to call and you know check in with Katzenberg before the meeting, and we're and one, the executive, JJ's executive was there. Was like, did JJ call you and talk to this? And Katzenberg, in his angry moment, was like, he's on my call sheet, but we didn't talk. No. <clears throat> oh, God, it sucked so much, guys. <laughs> oh, no. So basically, yeah. 
Yeah. You, your entire life has been watching cats fall apart. It was, yeah. <laughs> it's entire life. Exploding cats. But you know what's fun about these stories is, number mm-hmm. one, they're great stories. Ugh. And number two, it just it's should the- make anyone feel better who feels like... Because you've had so yeah. many successes. If you feel like it's not working out, that's how it more normally feels. It's 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 yeah. not so binary that it's that it's all roses or it's all getting yelled at by Jeffrey Katzenberg. It's yeah. it's it life is a mixture of those things. Oh yeah. And you just much the way that you're the movie about mm-hmm. the guys who focus on the perspective mm-hmm. shift, you just have to mentally yes. navigate mm-hmm. and be able to mm-hmm. see the uh, truffles growing in the mm-hmm. poop. Here's a, another, a great Hollywood story for people that are struggling out there. I signed to be in three Monster Trucks pictures. <laughs> what? I, my contract for Monster Trucks, a movie that almost did not come out at all. Mm-hmm. I signed to be in. Uh, I signed a contract for three. No, do they have to pay you for those? No, 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 they barely pay you for one. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, but they just figured Monster Trucks is going to be such a smash hit. Yeah. Like, the kids are going to go crazy. There'll be Monster Trucks dolls and toys, obviously, games. No, and then uh, the movie, that's another thing that happens a lot, which is head of the studio, the head of the, Adam Goodman who made Monster Trucks Mm -hmm. at Paramount, Made the entire movie, and then the last week of filming, got fired. Well, that's the crazy yeah. thing about the business, too, is that it, everything takes so long. So long. And usually that's in the business affairs region mm-hmm. where, um, you know, like stacks of documents just sit on lawyers' desks for ages. And so a year might go by, two years might go by, and then there's all new studio heads. It's who all, come in. It's very unlikely the same people will be there. And it also happens a lot like at the new media companies too, where it's like, oh, yeah. you know, Amazon will have a brand new division for something mm-hmm. and they sell a show. And then everyone, then they reconfigure it. And then the, and there's not even a department oh, anymore, so you I, don't even know if your show... Is I think I like, had one of the only shows I was executive producing, Kulop Show, on CISO. Yeah. Do you which remember, does not exist anymore. Do you remember yeah. in uh, Beetlejuice where they're walking down the hallway... And the Maitlands look into that that window, and there's just all those souls mm-hmm. that have been exercised, yep. and they're just in purgatory. Yeah, that's a lot of the business. It's exactly the business. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, send your cards and letters if you want another Monster Trucks movie. If, I, mean, I listen, suppose they yeah, could just activate. Tom's still my, okay. They could activate my contract. Tom's all right. Send I mean, me up to Canada. Like, do you do you feel like this is part of the reason why you? Because I I sort of I, I sort of view. The business of my career is the hatching of uh, baby tortoises on mm. the beach, mm-hmm. and it's just like they try to flop to the water, mm-hmm. and a lot of them will not get through. A lot of them but, will yeah. get gobbled by seagulls, mm-hmm. and then a couple will get into the – some might just die. They just mm-hmm. flip over and die. Some don't even make it out of the egg, and then some make it into the water, but then a lot of those get eaten mm-hmm. by predators who are waiting. We, we The fun thing – there's a new also thing in the entertainment industry, which is neat, where they don't even tell you. Anything like we we were pitching this uh, movie for Kate McKinnon like over and over again. We pitched it like three or four times with Mike DeLuca, and it got so far that we were at Amblin, and Spielberg comes into the is walks through the lobby, and he never chats with us. We've seen him a couple times. He says once he said Spielberg said to us, "Hey guys," mm-hmm. and it was really exciting. Yeah, of course. I was I thought about that for like weeks. I was like, he looked at us. 
He acknowledged you. He you said, occupy space in his brain. Hey, guys. <laughs> I was so excited. Uh, hey, you're the guys that tried to fuck Jeffrey Katzenberg. Remember? Yeah. Remember, you were one on a stalking horse. You were trying to get your quote up. <laughs> you're super blacklisted, by the way. I didn't want to tell you this, but it's uh, there's a secret book and a tome. Well, but that's the other thing is you got to then maintain your friendships with these people. Yeah. Oh, but so like, and then we, we were pitching this movie, pitched it over and over again to Amblin. And then the last time we were like running to... Spielberg in the lobby. He's like, oh my God, are you guys pitching on that thing? I love that thing. This is great. I'm so excited. How fun. This is going to be great. Go in and pitched it. Never have heard from anyone involved with the project ever again. And not just like kind of, not like an email, not a text. I've never heard anything about it ever again. Yeah, they just sort of, you get, it's now the business ghosts you. You can get ghosted so hard. We had such a good. I don't understand. Then, like, like Spielberg and I really hit it off, and then he I said, never hey heard from guys, And then he said, "I love this thing. Read this text. Honey, read this text. Doesn't this seem hey like it?" And then you never hear from them ever again. Spielberg and sent me a dick pic, and I didn't hear anything again. This has happened a couple times. This happened to us on a movie. We wrote a movie called Choose Your Own Adventure. Yep. Like for a year, we wrote the Choose Your Own Adventure movie. At, at any point, never heard. I'm, at any point, yeah. how many pro- things do you have at Going? different stages of? It depends. There's way less movies than there used to be. Right. Occasionally, back in the day, we'd have two or three scripts we'd be working on. Mm-hmm. And generally, we don't really. It's generally we're really working on one thing, and then we we don't divide our time that much. Got it. We try to finish things, even if they're hard. Because I'm just trying to figure out. Because again, like yeah. we're telling the sad cats version of the stories, but mm-hmm. you but you also have you've done so many amazing things. You have so many wins in your bucket, yeah. and especially because. In addition to writing this book and writing all these things, and I'm sure working on a bunch of TV shows and then acting, you know, then you also play in a in a Smiths tribute band, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot. Well, I'm, I'm chasing every waterfall. It seems like, <laughs> but yeah. Wait, TLC said not to chase those. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, well, you're not supposed to. I'm, I'm definitely. <laughs> Tom, you need to stick. You just need to stick to the, the rivers, rivers and the, the lakes that, that I'm you're used, used to. to yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but the lakes are full of exploding cats. Um, yeah, it's a new thing where you just don't. There's way less movies. Right. And the movies are much, much bigger. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love that there, there's... I gotta go see Us. Maybe tonight I'm gonna go see Us. It's, well, the business... Yeah. I, I, you know, because just from friends that I have who work at various studios or whatever, you know, there used to be this really great um, section of, you know, one to three million dollar movies that, mm-hmm. that certain companies could figure out how to, like, monetize all day mm-hmm. long. And I think... Netflix probably killed a lot of that. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Did you see that Netflix has just built because their their building looms over very close to where I live. They just built another giant building across the street from their building. Sure, because they just they can't. They have so many executives, and so it, if you go into the lobby of Netflix, it feels like Grand Central Station. To me, the <laughs> lo- I you know yes, I actually I think yeah. the lobby of Netflix feels like Men in Black. Oh, for sure. Where it's just like. The aliens are being detained, and there's like all sorts of weird things I, crawling on the walls. I actually wanted to do like a a, a sitcom that's basically like a Newhart. Yep. That's just called Netflix Lobby. <laughs> so it's just like the desk and like the screens, and you see like sometimes there's Guillermo del Toro. But there's there. like really yeah. fucking huge people that are yeah. there to pitch that you just yeah. think mm-hmm. that oh they have to mm-hmm. oh my gosh you know had a great pitch at Netflix never heard never heard from <laughs> never again. heard from them again they don't need <laughs> yeah they don't I mean like if if they shut down production today right they have years of things that they the, could oh out. sure sure this was a rough one our last pitch which was. <laughs> 
And then I don't feel great when I read that uh, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell have parted ways this week because the pitch that we were out three weeks ago and we pitched like 11 places was an Adam McKay Will movie. So we might have been we might have been There's the straw so that broke th- you were the, the straw that broke that the camel's back. You're the yes, yeah. you're the unlovable child. I think that we might have did it. Mommy and daddy, to we get did. Divorced. Made, made mom, yeah, we, yeah, it was, your it was us. You should have done your homework. I'm yeah. just saying you should have done your homework. Why did we make it so hard for them? Why is your room mm-hmm. so messy? <laughs> this is why mommy and daddy can't. So I think we had in the pile of epic disasters. But that's but the thing cats. is, Tom. There's mm-hmm. just so many things that are out of our control. Oh, of course, yeah. And so you just you do what you can. So you write a kid's book. You write like. Look, you know, Ronan Boyle, if it's on the bestseller list, you know, you'll probably write another one. You'll probably, like, Mm -hmm. this will get made into something. And this, this thing that you did as a passion project, instead of chasing the business, this thing you did as a passion project could become its own industry. And had any of those other things worked out, it might have taken your attention from your true, the true thing that you're supposed to be doing, which is to create this this universe. That's an important thing that you have to realize, like, when... Can you make the hard decision to say, like, I'm going to do the thing that I really love and I'm not going to chase, like, every uh, TLC waterfall of money? <laughs> yeah. The money waterfalls. But the book, yeah, the book took, you know, a couple of years and it was intense. And I probably, you know, probably it cut into me and Ben writing a movie or two, maybe. I mean, we still have been doing that while I'm doing this. But, you know, it's sometimes you just have to prioritize and be like, fuck it. I'm going to do the, like... I'm going to write the book. Every heartbreaking story I have of a job I really Mm -hmm. wanted and didn't get, Mm -hmm. it always turned out in the long run that I was glad that it didn't work out because I I was like, oh my God, if this had worked out, I never would have gotten to do at midnight. Or if this had worked out, I never would have gotten to, I wouldn't have created this or I wouldn't have done this or I would, it's always, you can't, you, it, it always feels horrible in the moment. Yep. But in the long run, if you keep your nose down and you keep working and you keep, Mm -hmm. you know, following things that like eventually you do go, Oh my God, I'm I can't believe mm-hmm. I almost, you know, I sabotage. I one time sabotaged myself so bad. <clears throat> I'd never, it was my first ever audition for a Broadway play, uh-huh. which was weird. It was for, um, there was a David Mamet play called November. Okay. And it was uh, starring Nathan Lane as the president of the United States. Sure. And the whole play is about, he's going to pardon a Turkey. Is literally apparently it's a terrific play. I, I ended up not seeing it, but there's like an assistant who stands on the side of the stage for the entire play and only has like eight or ten lines. And that's kind of great, though. You get to be in a David Mamet play, and kind you of, but you don't do, but you don't learn nothing. Yeah. yeah. So, but I went in, and my first audition was just amazing. I just killed it, and then I really somehow I started thinking about: Do I want to be in a play for like a year mm-hmm. where I stand on the side of the stage and say? You're right. Mm-hmm. Like those were the, the lines were like, I agree. Mm-hmm. And so at the second audition, I definitely, and this is a real thing, you can self-sabotage a little bit. Like I just pumped the brakes a little bit and I wasn't very good. <laughs> and I, of course, did not get it. And then the next day I came home and auditioned for 17 again, which is probably the most popular movie I've ever been in. So, so you never know. I know. You never know. You never know. Sometimes the cats are exploding. Sometimes, sometimes they supernova into other cats. Mm-hmm. 
What if the cat had to explode to create all these other cats? Yeah. Yeah. When cats explode, they turn into a bunch of tiny cats. Mm-hmm. More cats. Yeah, they mm-hmm. turn into a bunch more cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's the thing. You just don't you just don't ever know. You don't ever know. And usually it's in those moments of darkness that there's a light around the corner that mm-hmm. you and it's not to say like, listen, if any of these things had if that movie was Spielberg or this other mm-hmm. one, it would have been fine. Like it would have been But again, this if you really, I think, are kind of thinking the right way, it, this sort of forces you to go, well, instead of chasing what mm-hmm. everyone else wants and trying to make other people like me, what do I really care about? What do I really want? Oh, I forgot another great one. Oh, please. I got another great one of uh, an adult man yelling at us. Oh, sad cats. Sad cats. And it was Ivan Reitman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! Yeah, yeah. Ivan. No! Yeah, so we made this movie. We were, ben and I were supposed to – we wrote – and we're supposed to direct the Baywatch movie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And uh, we still have story credit on the Baywatch movie. I have not seen it. I hear it's amusing. I'm sure it's amusing mm-hmm. enough. Um, but but so, if someone completely changes your script, you probably are. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, I cash the check either way. And, yeah. yeah. But so we had made a movie that I'm really proud of with many of our friends in it called uh, Hell Baby. Mm-hmm. And we took it to Sundance. And audiences loved it. Everyone else hated it. <laughs> um, it was just that movie. I think on the movie Hell Baby, because we, we filmed it in New Orleans for like 20 days. Mm-hmm. And when you're in New Orleans, you just – the cast is Keegan-Michael Key, Ricky Lindholm. Perdry, Ricky Lindholm, Leslie Bibb, Kumail Nanjiani, Ben, me. You take – you just take everybody out to dinner every night. If you're yeah. So we lost like $25,000 <laughs> on just dinners. Dinners. Yeah. Because um, also there's really nice restaurants in New Orleans. So we made the movie, showed at Sundance. Note doesn't sell at all. Like just nothing. I'd never heard of anything like this. It was just, we were just like, we waited like all night the first night. We're like, so? And they're straighten like, your bow tie. And they're like, nope. <laughs> nope. We're like, what about nobody? Want, no one wanted to buy that movie. We ended up like dumping it off on this this company offered us like uh, pennies on the dollar right. <laughs> to stream it. Um but so uh, the next week we got called into Ivan Reitman's office because we were supposed to direct Baywatch. And he was like, everyone, everyone hates you movie guys. They just hate it. I mean, it's, it's, I hear it's, I haven't seen it, but I know that everyone hates the oh movie. Oh my God. And we're like, oh, oh, okay. Um, oh, no. And it's a movie I'm really proud of. But, and it was weird because he hasn't seen it. So you can't argue like, I thought it was funny. Yeah. But yeah. And it's, again, very weird to have like an adult man Kind of yelling at you, yeah, yeah, coming down on you. Oh, he was coming down on us so and hard. So was he? Was that? Was that him saying? We thought we were going in to get like notes on the script, but so the he, note that we were getting is, "You guys suck." And so he you pulled guys, you off of it as a result? yeah, basically, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, we got. We were shortly, uh, shortly thereafter, we were replaced. So. Yeah. You Which, must, by the way, that happens even when people are your friend. So you yeah. must have advice yeah. for people who feel like, because you've experienced this a few times, you must have advice for people. Because obviously, you go and sit in your car, and you probably have that moment where you're like, all right, well, I guess uh, this was a fun run, for, and uh, for, I had a good run. Think about it for two seconds. Just think about it for two seconds, and then never think about it again. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, just it, it, you Until can't. you talk about it on a podcast. And then when you talk about I mean, say these stories <laughs> up of being yelled at by every powerful adult man in Hollywood. Did you ever tell, like, did you have a conversation with J.J. about what happened? No, at, uh... no, never. Um, no, I was too scared to call him. The first time J.J. ever called me was my favorite thing. I've only Because I find him to be an incredibly nice guy. A delight. He's, He's a, one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet. Funny too. and warm and just a sweetheart. So the first time... This had never happened. I'd never gotten a phone call from JJ. 
And so I just bought, this is, I can tell you, because six years ago, I just bought the brand, the brand new Tesla. Mm-hmm. And we're driving up to Northern California. We're going to wine country. In the back of the car, I've got Ollie and my son and his little best friend, Charlie, in car seats. Jenny sitting next to me. The car is pretty crowded. Uh, Charlie, Ollie's little friend, gets real motion sick, it turns out. Oh. Real motion sick. And, you know, the Tesla's got a lot of torque. We're driving up the road. So the phone rings, and I answer it. You know, I tap the screen, and I answer it. So it's in the whole car. Yeah. And... Uh, it was a un- unknown. It was a number I didn't know, but it's uh, you know it's in the west side of LA number, and I pick it up, and it's uh, Tom. Hey, it's JJ Abrams. Yeah. The second he finishes saying the word Abrams, Charlie behind me, the little girl, starts projectile vomiting <laughs> onto the back of like my seat and the back of like a little bit of my head, all over. And by the way, I'm in a Tesla that's one day old. <laughs> And she's just barfing this, like, hot pink sludge everywhere. Now, so I'm trying to maintain this phone call. J.J. Abrams on the phone. And I'm trying to sound sound cool. I'm like, oh, J.J., hey, man. Hey, how's it going? So I pulled over. I'm... and I'm pulling out the car over. The girl's barfing, uh, trying to catch barf in like a cup that we've got. And Ollie's freaking out. Everybody's freaking out. So I take, I quickly get the phones disconnected from the car so I can like take it. So now I'm just talking into like this hot barf down the back of my neck, <laughs> pulling it like a gas station parking lot. And I just stepped out of the car. Uh, and uh, the. The other dad, it was actually uh, the girl, little girl's dad was in the passenger seat, and he's kind of dealt with the barf. But I, I got through a whole phone call with, with JJ with barf down my neck. That's, I've never told him that either. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Was he calling with good news? It or was bad news? Uh, interesting news. He, was, he wanted to talk about the the prospect of making some toys out of the characters and stuff like so that. So is, like, is that movie happening, by the way? No, not at all. Oh, what happened? Oh, with Jesus, the movie? of course that Wait, you sold it, though. Of course that movie's not happening. Wait a minute, though, but. Here's what happened on that movie <laughs> oh, called shit. The Weckoning. JJ set up Paramount Animation. It's all going great. Turned it in. I've never heard from Paramount Animation again, ever. And uh, the executive in charge is gone. So it's just yeah. yeah. So you're in the you're in the yeah. in the window of lost. I souls. still get the I still get the bad robot Christmas present every year, <laughs> which is all my wife cares about. If you know anything about you get are you on the the bad robot? Christmas I'm not. List? No. 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 Oh. No. No. It's incredible. Someone at Bad Robot like really thinks about what their Christmas present is. Cause it's always got like one aspect that's a charitable thing. Right. And then it's like, here's the perfect box of things for camping. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a compass and a, that's you, rad. Like, it's always something really clever. One was like, you're going to, here's a, all the stuff you would need to make your own pizzas a bunch of times. Yeah. They're, they're really good like that. I mean, I, I've never really worked with them. I mean, <clears throat> I've moderated a lot of panels at Comic-Con you for free, be, but, you should, you should but hey. You on the Christmas card list. <laughs> you got to be on the, the, yeah, it's a good list to be on. I think I'm, yeah. am I being ghosted? You might be being ghosted. Get on that list. <laughs> Do you, are you on Ivan's Christmas If anybody's, list? I'm definitely not on Ivan's Christmas card list. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it's. But it's also like when someone just tells you like that they think what you just did sucked and then they like. He was also like as if we were gonna give an explanation. Right. He's like, so fellas, the picture, the picture sucks. What? Yeah. What? what and then it's like, what are you doing? Then there's a pause of like, 
well, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> is there an answer for that? Yeah. I'm like, it's wow, you just done. became... It's done. You I just mean, became like, the internet in, I, in a I don't, human form. You have to respect yeah. that, though. Yeah. you got to respect someone who will do it to your face. To my face. <laughs> you guys, I, I, I'm just feeling like you guys really suck these days. It's like, oh, wow. Does one of you, after a moment yeah. of silence, just go... Oh, dear. That was a rough one. I'm trying to... Oh. I have, a, I guess, I have a lot of horror stories. Yeah, but but again, I'm not even I'm not even close to through all the horror stories. But the but the great mm-hmm. part is that again, yeah, you've had these horror stories yeah. and still managed to have a fantastic career. Yes, you keep at it. You have Just keep a, at it. You have so mm-hmm. many. I mean, when you think mm-hmm. people say I've people are like, oh, you work on a lot of stuff. You but, do a lot of stuff. But but you yeah. but you because you know like our our TV production deal. We've sold like twelve shows that are at various stages, but insane. none of them have been made yet. Of course, and, and a lot of them probably won't. But, but it's that's just insane. But it's just though. sort of yeah. like, and yeah. you wait, and it's you know, it's like a two years, you know, yeah. and so it's learning to be patient and understand, like you know, how not to go crazy. It's because I think I think the big challenge of this business is to. Not go crazy in the process. Yes, because it almost is like it. it it's almost it's every. That's everything. It is a trial yeah. of fire. It's basically the film Labyrinth. Yeah, <laughs> this, this stuff used to hurt my feelings. Like there used there probably there was a time where Ivan Reitman, like kind of yelling at me, would have really broken my heart. And now I can barely remember to tell you that story because yeah. I was just like I immediately just a just, thing that happened. I just threw it up on the shelf. But I think to, that also yeah. helps because you know yeah. I feel like there's. There's, there, there's sort of two paths in the business. You either are like James Cameron where you only do one thing every, every like, 20 years, 20 years yeah. but it just makes some $2 billion. It changes the universe. Yeah. That's a very tricky path. The other yeah. way is like, you yeah, listen, you just got to – You got to try some stuff. It's like I don't know a lot about sports, yeah. but I know that a batting average – like a good batting average is like 30% of the time you'll hit That'd a ball. Be, that's amazing. And yeah. so if you – you know, it's like most of the stuff you do, if you can just sort of – you know, like rather than being kind of result oriented and feeling, like, well, this didn't get made, this didn't made. You learn through the process. It took you in another direction. You will, you get that experience. Mm-hmm. No one takes that away from you. It's all good. I stopped listening when you said you t- sold twelve shows because I was so angry with you. <laughs> but now, like, there's nothing else I can take away from this. But there's no. But no, no. Not, God bless. God bless. Anyone? I'm so happy for you. Any one of them will get made. I'm so Actually, happy. Actually, and a handful you. of them have not. Like they've already been. It's like because you. You know, it's like there's shows that AMC will do, and then shows are like, well, this isn't really us, but you can take it elsewhere, right. and then... Well, th- this leads me to, so like, this later this week, I have a meeting with Katzenberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, we're still friends. You've got to stay friends, too. You have to stay friends. Yeah, because to him, it's not personal. No, it wasn't. And and, and that's probably why he is where he is, because he doesn't It wasn't personal, him. and he was right. Right. Is the other bummer about that. Right, right, right. The only thing worse than someone yelling at you is the person is 100% right. Right. Right, Ivan Reitman, I thought was wrong. I think Hell Baby, I stand by it. It's a movie I'm really proud. It's not perfect, but it's, it's fun. got some great stuff in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I wrote a pilot for Fox two years ago called Winos, which is just a workplace comedy in a wine tasting mm-hmm. room. No, it's no great shit. It's just very simple. It's the office, but everybody's a little tipsy mm-hmm. and uh, some kooky characters. And Fox didn't do it. I wrote another one. They still didn't do it. And now he's got a short form service called Quibi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where and they're making like we're gonna do we're gonna five to seven minutes exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think we're gonna do it for that. But, so yeah, stay be able to stay friends with people who've yelled at you. But I also, yeah. but also, uh, it, there's the idea about not 
getting too precious about any one thing. Oh, hell's no. You know, it's like when you yeah. when you first start doing stand-up, you get really precious about each joke. And then after you've done I guess it's the same thing when you have kids. Like your first kid, you're really – the second kid, they're I'm like, the guys, kid. Yeah. third kid, eh, it'll be probably yeah. be fine. You know, so it's like – Second kid, it, they say drinks from the dog bowl. That was me <laughs> drinking from the dog bowl, covered in cat guts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it did happen. It literally happened at Sarah Babcock's house. <laughs> no. None of, no, but no adult ever counseled us about it either. Nobody was like, hey, the cat had stitches. It was a and different was, time. It was a different time. Parents, they just, people had a cigarette and they just walked yeah, in. They're, like, they're ah, probably having a key party. Walk it off. Watching a cat blow up. <laughs> it, was, it was the ice storm yeah. was happening in the other room. You were watching a cat fall yeah. apart. And they're like, yeah, just a groovy old key party. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, anyways. Um, it's crazy to me to see that your son is like a person. It's really crazy to me, He's a full, like, know. little dude. I know. He's, he'll be 10 That's in a couple months. Yeah. Very surreal. I know, because when we started doing the show, he's a tiny little baby. Yeah. 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 You know, when we started doing the podcast is yeah. nine years old. And, and he, he was, was yeah, he was a tiny we, baby. We did it at Super at Bowl, your house, Super Bowl day, yeah, right, two thousand ten. Still not really ever watched a Super Bowl. I no, um, me neither. Yeah, I mean, I catch the commercials online the next yeah, day. I yeah, I see some stuff. You know, like if I'm, yeah. uh, my mom was over our, at our house one Super Bowl because uh, we have a. Your mom's the best, but she's way. great. How's she doing? She's Good. great. She's great. Yeah, my mom's awesome. She's great. I might be slightly closer to your mom than my mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's fine. Yeah. My mom's very maternal. Yeah. Oh, no, she's great. She's been always r- really... Uh, so she'll yeah. she'll take care of you. She's a little more together than my mom, who kind of has a little bit of dementia and stuff. Oh, well, gotcha. maybe a lot. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe a yeah, lot. Yeah, somewhere between a little and a lot. Depends yeah. how many gin and tonics. I'm telling in. you, my mom, mm-hmm. you know, like if you... My mom is the type of person, if you just called her up one day and said, you know, can I come over and mm-hmm. have dinner? She would be like, sure. Oh, I'm sure she would. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like she, any she time. off that vibe. Yeah. yeah she, absolutely, she absolutely loves you. She's a cool lady. Isn't it funny that, <clears throat> like... People, when I go do stand up, oh my god, I miss that midnight. Oh my god, I miss that midnight. And I people love that. And show. I say, you know, I yeah. miss it too. I don't miss the schedule, but I certainly the miss the show. I certainly miss the show, yeah. and I miss that there's just a, a hole where there used to be a lot of comedians on lot television. Of funny stuff. And uh, a lot of new young people that came on, and there that. just isn't like that kind of discovery platform anymore that I'm aware of, and I I miss that, and I miss the silliness of it, but I also you know, like I, uh, I feel like you know the show burned hot for four years, and then it was really an amazing show. It was so funny. So many great things came out of it. So many people that I never met until then who were just like, and then Ron Funch, people that became like that loomed so large. Yeah, like Ron Funches. How many times did Doug Benson win? Like a, like a zillion. A lot. He and yeah. Ron. <clears throat> They're probably the two. Yeah. yeah, they're definitely the two. Yeah. They definitely have the two most wins. I think yeah. Ron had said that he had had the... I can't even remember anymore. It's been so long now. It's it was just... It's been so long. The, for you, that schedule was insane. It was, yeah. but I... But I, but boy, do I, boy, do I miss it. Yeah. I really, really, really do. It was so fun. I mean, and... I mean, I knew the second that I saw the Tweeter Dome pilot that you did. <clears throat> I watched the show for 30 seconds, and I was like, this show amazing. I would love amazing. to see that again. There were so many things we did wrong in that, but it's fun. It's got ninjas in it. There was ninjas. There were ninjas in it. <laughs> and then you had it my had friend Sarah Underwood in it as a co-host. Sarah Underwood uh, had a – if people – if when you lost, she would play a French horn for yeah, some uh, reason. Yeah. Was it a French – it was a French yeah, horn. she had a French horn. That was my big contribution to the show was ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> that everybody got led in in thumb cuffs by ninjas. <laughs> And the ninjas would be watching you play. Oh, and if you lost, mm-hmm. 
then there was like a really embarrassing, An embarrassing tweet that you rumor. Could send it was, out uh, on we someone. would say that you and Andy Dick had been arrested in a parking lot That's of right. a TGI Fridays. But now, since a lot of news headlines are coming <laughs> off of social media, that yeah. probably, probably would not be. It wouldn't even. It would wreck, even, wreck people's yeah. lives. Yeah. But uh, how frequently do you think about quitting all social media? Um, well, I'm not really on Twitter anymore. Did you really? You yeah. faded out to Twitter? Yeah. yeah. It just. And I don't really read the news law anymore. About it. I don't really read the news law anymore either because yeah. I just, and which, which maybe makes me a bad citizen in the world, but I just um, feel like it's like the, the, the new, like all the news cycles and social media cycles are just mm. so toxic. Really toxic. Because yeah. again, it's just like all clickbait and, yeah. and, and, and uh, really outrageous things are prioritized. And so I just feel like it creates a, an unhealthy it's crazy. view of the world. And, and you know, uh, and so I want to look. You, all, you, when you find yourself getting mad at stuff yeah. that has literally, like, I'm not talking about human rights violations, but just like little yeah. things here and there that you're like, why am I absorbed? You're like, your brain has so I much RAM. It. You only yeah. have so much RAM. I know. And I feel like even just going on social media a lot during the day, it just runs a negative script in the back mm. of your brain when you don't even realize it's happening, and it affects a million percent. You just absorb it, and so I just feel like. No. I just want to have a healthier relationship with it and a not million percent. not be so absorbed by it. So I just yeah. haven't really done... You have the Instagram and stuff still. Yeah. I mean, I'm on Instagram, yeah. but I just yeah. don't... I don't even really do that that much anymore. Yeah. You know, I do like, that. I, want to, I do want to see unlikely animal friendships. <laughs> I want to see unlikely animal friendships. And I want, I want to, to see, see a tiger and a turkey become friends. I, that's my favorite. Absolutely. Oh, the more unlikely, the better. <laughs> or I want to see someone going out on ice to save a dog that walked on ice that didn't know that it shouldn't have walked on. Right. Like, I'll watch, I'll watch that all day long. And that's the thing about Instagram mm-hmm. is that you can create any kind mm-hmm. of experience that, that you want. But I just – but I also – I get ashamed at myself sometimes when I'm – when I post something and then I would like to think I'm a better person than someone who would check the amount of likes something gets and not be affected by it. No, no, but no. it bothers – but oh, like if 100%. I post something and especially if it's like a show that I yeah. need people to come out to and yeah. it, the algorithm crushes it down because it's promotional. I'm not paying for them to boost it. They, that's a whole new thing by the way. And, and that I get really bummed. I'm like, fuck. You know, like as a content creator – this is like like the. These, I think it's these... very hinky the paid promotional stuff. I've had I've done it a couple times for my stuff too, like the book when Ronan Boyle came out. Like I definitely I shot a very funny little Instagram video, and then I was like, "Well, shit, I, they I should promote this." And, and that's course, the thing is it that like the one they that gets sixty five thousand views. You know, and, like you social know. media, like the the big three. You know, yeah. four I guess if you're including Snapchat, basically killed blogging. So, right. like, everyone gets all their stuff on social media now, and so it's like if you're a content creator and you can't even get your content out to the people who elected to follow you yeah. because you're not paying to have a boost, it's like, ah, you know, like that. So I get disappointed it in myself that that, that that bothers know, it, me. It bothers me, too. Yeah. Because it's hard not to attach. Oh, you should be a grown-up and not care. You don't want to like, attach yeah. your self-worth to a fake number. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but it does mean it feels like it feels so goddamn good. <laughs> it's the only thing that feels like anything. But the thing that's right. the thing that's scary about it is that it it is sort of an emotional exploit. It's kind of like hacking our brain a little bit in in an addictive way. Oh yeah, because you you don't want to start affecting your behavior just to get likes, and that's what everyone does. So but it's like, of course, you might post things that maybe you don't nec- You know, it's like I don't know. Peop- you just if you're just chasing the mm-hmm. high of likes. Mm-hmm. It clouds your better judgment and decision-making about the types of things you're putting into the to world. To me, like a really brave day is if I shoot a little Instagram video of myself without putting some powder on my nose. 
because generally I'll just do a quick little, uh, little touch of powder. Just, just, just a little touch. Yeah. Oh, you mean like makeup powder? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I thought you meant like. Oh like, no, no, oh, I yeah. actually no, no. I put a little t- tiny touch of makeup. On. You look good. I don't understand. Oh, thanks for this for my age. Yeah. Yeah, you look. I know, but on Instagram, it's it's so harsh. You know, it's so harsh. You know what you got to do, yeah. Tom? You got to get one of those little ring lights that you can attach to your phone. I've seen them. They're fantastic. Gives it just, you, it just, it gives just, you gives, just gives you a little glow, light. Yeah. Little gold See glow. what we've been reduced to? Mm-hmm. We're sad cats. We're, we're sad saddest, cats. Saddest we're sad cats. cats and we're slowly falling apart. On social media. <laughs> we're just going to fall apart. I'm trying to think of who else has yelled at me in the last couple of years. <laughs> it's, really, it's really something, guys. Not J- no, JJ never yelled at me yet. No, he's a sweetheart. He's the best. He's a really funny guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Legitimately funny, and yeah. also, uh, it, it just you know, there's some people you're around where you can just feel their cerebral, uh, like the electricity of their brain. He vibes. He vibes in a really fun. It's way. like he's. Yeah. I, it's like if you touched his head, it would almost be like a plasma ball, where you could just, just like see like, the electricity <laughs> like follow your mm-hmm. fingers around. No, he's a delight. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of him per, of him personally as a person as well, yeah. and he's also a big. Uh, have you seen all his like God, original Twilight Zone thing. stuff, like oh my God, all the Twilight crazy. Zone credit plates yeah. and everything? The first time we ever went to JJ's office, uh, this is a really cool thing, and this is this says I think a lot about the kind of person that he is. When you're waiting in the lobby at Bad Robot, well, for one thing, they've got a Moldorama machine that makes their logo. Yep, the greatest thing ever. Then there's just postcards. Is it the one where you can sniff the plastic yes, when it comes the out? Hot like plastic. the wax. It's too uh, hot to touch. get at the zoo. At the zoo, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but then there's also just a already stamped uh, bunch of postcards and letters and every color pencil in the world. And it says, while you, there's a nice little sign that says, while you're waiting for your meeting, why don't you write a letter to someone in our armed forces and thank them oh for their gosh. service? You know? And it's like, of course. Like, instead of just being a dick and sitting here and like, <laughs> rifling through yeah, social do media fu- do something fucking useful <laughs> and i was like that was the first time that i was like oh this this is a different kind of guy this is a great interesting cat i mean yeah. what of all this time and as long as we've been friends I mean, we've been friends a really long oh time oh my gosh we go back we go mtv mtv spring break 1994 yeah. oh my god were you were you you were down at uh what was it panama city no, okay. MTV Spring Break 1994. I think we went to five, 95. With, so 94, yeah. I'm pretty sure, was in San Diego okay. or Pacific Beach or something. Sure. And I think in all the state people were there. We, The only one that I remember we for sure went to was Panama City, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a brief encounter with a young Hooters waitress named Kelly. This is when I learned about um, – these were classy, classy times. Yeah. Uh, this is when I learned about Kelly. Kelly's, Kelly's probably fifty now. Kelly's. Uh, we actually were still friends on, on Facebook. That's fantastic. But she had a little uh, Playboy logo mm-hmm. on her that she would put like a sticker on while she got tan. Mm-hmm. So then when she peeled the sticker off, of course, you got like a pale Panama uh, City. Panama City with that Club La Vela. Oh my God, Club La Vela! Holy Spinnakers. shit! I, I remember Club La Vela. I had the That's... room next to Andy Dick. <laughs> and <laughs> you didn't is, just punch through the wall. That is. <laughs> I remember the, the 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 flood of boys and girls that rolled out of there in the morning. Oh my god, I have a it was a straw was a strange time for a dark have, time for the rebellion. I don't have like a crazy mm-hmm. crazy Andy Dick story, mm-hmm. but I do have mm-hmm. an uncomfortable Andy Dick story, which mm-hmm. is when I worked at K-Rock, we were doing the Acoustic Christmas one year and this mm-hmm. is probably 96, 95, mm-hmm. 97, I don't know. And um, it's when I was still quite friendly with booze, mm-hmm. and and I'm sure that Andy uh, was also mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And so we were like standing in the 
And when you were on air at K-Rock, you know, you just had these god passes where you could go in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're just standing, like, backstage where all the dressing rooms are at the Universal mm-hmm. Amphitheater, which is now Hogwarts. Of course. And, um... Oh, my God, that is where Hogwarts is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the universe... That's what that space is. Yes. I never put that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry, that was... A, no, 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 yeah. That was one of those weird things that changes your whole <laughs> worldview. Yeah, it does. Because I forgot what went there. That's what went there. It's okay. Hogwarts, yeah, okay, yeah, wow. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Wow. it's Diagon Alley. Yep. It's probably, you know, wow. so, so Andy Dick, like, probably mm-hmm. right uh, mm-hmm. right near uh, mm-hmm. Ollivander's wands, mm-hmm. uh, goes, let's go in this room. And we go into this room, and it's a room about the size of the mm-hmm. room we're in now, which yep. is a small room. Mm-hmm. And... We sit down on this couch and we look over, mm-hmm. and there's a uh, uh, musical superstar, Natalie Merchant. Sure. Who's just sitting there at her, yeah. dr- like at the dressing table. Um, and What's the matter here? That's right. Yeah, ten, this is just post 10,000 Maniacs, I think. Uh, so I think this was, yeah, I think this was her solo mm-hmm. career. And uh, Does she want to hang out with Andy Dick? You know, backstage? I feel would, like she's a very now, serious. You would expect. That they're, I mean, you want to talk about unlikely friends, unlikely out animal of the friendships, yeah, unlikely animal friendships. <laughs> Andy Dick and Natalie Merchant is high on the list. And it turns out it is an unlikely. <laughs> yeah, that seems. Yeah, they're not. Uh, no. no, I feel like Natalie Merchant in a minute says, "Are you supposed to be here?" or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What's the matter here? Or hey, what's she's... the matter here? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Hey. It's it's basically the Andy Dick monster truck just drove. Through the oh crowd my God. onto the stage yep. at Lilith Fair. No, and, uh, yeah. and that's not the. So yeah. uh, her like a couple people of her team is over there, and she mm-hmm. sees us. Mm-hmm. It's like a oh, weird. No. It's like a weird nightmare that you have where. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You you feel like you shouldn't be somewhere, and then from across the room, someone notices you, and you feel caught. Yeah. And so she notices us. Oh no. And oh, and you don't want Natalie Merchant. Mad and then at you. she she whispered. Uh, into, What's the matter here? Into <laughs> her uh, agent, publicist, whatever, mm-hmm. who then looked over and saw us. And then came over and said, um, I'm sorry, who who are you two? Mm-hmm. And all I remember was just, uh, oh, oh no. I gotta go! Or like, I, I K-Rock! Like, I don't know what I said. And yeah. I just fucking bolted. Right. I left Andy Dick there. I don't know what happened. I don't know if she partially ate him or I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't know if this unlikely animal friendship turned into... That uh, was the state at the Neil Young Unplugged. <laughs> oh, no. Somebody told us we could go hang out at the soundcheck theater. Was coming. It was like the Beacon Theater or something like that. And he's and super chill, passes. right? He was super chill, but one of his guys was not super chill. So we just, like, it's just, there's no one in the room. There's, like, the soundboard guy and Neil Young getting ready for his Unplugged. And we, like, literally walk in and just, like, sit down a What's couple rows away. What's the matter here? There is a town in North. And literally one of Neil Young's guys comes in the door and is like, hey, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> and we're like, oh, we're with, we're on MTV. And he's like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. But we're on MTV. And we're like, no, we're on MTV. No, we got booted out of the, that. Oh, yeah. that's such a... Did you get to hang out with Say Hi We did not get to hang out, no. I think we ran away crying, like, well, you can't throw us out. We're the state. <laughs> of course, we were keeping a low profile. There's like 11 of us in an empty room. Don't you think Neil Young. Young should cover some Morrissey songs? I think they, their voice, they're this of a vocal I quality. am the last of the fame, <laughs> international playboys. And if a 10 ton truck crashes, crashes into us, I love that. To die by your, your side. I think, it, I think Neil Young should cover theirs a light that never goes out and be it's tight wouldn't that be nice it'd be so tight you know um you know who i miss who's that my friend april richardson oh god i know she's got a fox in her yard though every day she does i, I said that she like she's me... dead she's very much alive she's very much she's alive. dead to america oh she's dead like, to us. she became yeah. a brit like she got a you know she know. married a brit she it, 
it always seemed like this was going to happen. I mean, I, she was I'm such so an anglophile. Her, though. I'm happy for her too. I, I, I look at her feet every day. She's got a fox who sits in her yard. She has like, a fox who sits day. in her yard. Mm-hmm. And the guy she married was in the band Gene Martin, right? Who, the, who she had a poster of on her wall when she was younger. She, and then they had happening. this whirlwind romance. Have you had her on to talk about how it doesn't feel like anything yet? <laughs> what doesn't feel like? This is the problem. Nothing. She just accomplished everything she ever wanted to do. And the, oh, like oh, a cool oh, so British lady. We're back to that. Yeah. We're back to. Oh, the, we're back to that. It never feels. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so what is the cure for that? By the way, is it is it just to accept that this idea that because I think we've been conditioned probably by cinema, sure, to think that a swell of music happens. Oh no, that does not happen <laughs> at all. No. <laughs> You're like so. J- j- just to put it in the Ivan Reitman universe, mm-hmm. at the end of Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. They they kill they stop Gozer, mm-hmm. um, Staple Marshmallow Man yep. uh, falls over yep. uh, Walter Peck. Mm-hmm. Uh, then everyone's holding up the signs. At a certain point, they just have to go back home. Yeah, and take a shit or like <laughs> make some macaroni and cheese. Yeah. and it's just like. Mm-hmm. But the idea that we think that these moments are going to be these like seminal and it's but it, th- that's why it's in, it's the yeah. pursuit of the thing it's not the thing no, which is why although or not maybe, getting the thing should not be as disappointing as it can be or just keep that soundtrack the Ray Parker Jr. soundtrack <laughs> around <laughs> and remind to re- play it to remind yourself oh I should be this is where I dance down the street for a second you know I was yeah. listening to uh, uh, the power of love that's the power of and just remembering how they had asked if my uh, off the, is that off of sports. Uh, Power, no, Power Love was Back to the Future. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, uh, of course. And, and so, so yeah. if I remember the behind the music story that, you know, they had asked mm-hmm. Huey Lewis to write the theme to Ghostbusters, and he said no. I did not know And this. so they basically, Ghostbusters is... Why did he pass on that? Because he, he just didn't know. I he just didn't know. thought it was too stupid. And yeah. so, I don't know if he thought it was stupid or he didn't know. And so basically, the Ray Parker Jr. song is... Almost quite mm-hmm. literally, I want a new drug by Huey Lewis in the it's news. Very close. Yeah. And so I think there was a lawsuit. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe moment, Katie can look that up. One moment. So then, when Back to the Future came, that was nineteen eighty. Mm-hmm. That, that movie came mm-hmm. out nineteen eighty four. So for nineteen eighty five, mm-hmm. you know, when Back to the Future came out, they were like, "Hey, do you want to do Back to the Future?" Huey Lewis was like, "Absolutely!" Right. Because he got fucked on Ghostbusters. Speaking of, is FX FX feud between Ray Parker Jr. and Huey Lewis? I would watch every episode if they could make that happen. Ryan, mm-hmm. Ryan, uh, <laughs> if you're listening, yes, please. Ray Parker Jr., <laughs> Huey Lewis. Doing the, doing the character. Okay, Ghostbusters song lawsuit. Song lawsuit. In 1984, Ray Parker Not Jr. was signed by the producers of Ghostbusters to develop the film's title oh, song. Later, the year, Huey Lewis, the news. Citing the similarities between Ghostbusters and I Want a New Drug. According to Huey Lewis, especially damaging since Ghostbusters is so popular. Well, well, blah, 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 blah. Lewis, uh, we're I in. Want a new yeah, ghost. the dispute was ultimately settled out of court. Lewis has stated his experience with the producers of Ghostbusters were indirectly responsible for him getting involved in the 1985 movie. Back to the Future. Uh, That's the power of that uh, here. So you know what? You know what we should do real fast is I'm just gonna I'm gonna bring up. Um, Remember that? Then years later, we got to see Huey's Wiener in that great Altman film. W- oh, was that an Remember? Altman movie or was that? Uh, uh, no, that's Altman. Oh yeah. It's called uh, uh, short, 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 short Shortcuts. Shortcuts. Short. That's not what you want. Boy, you don't want your dick out in a movie called Shortcuts. Uh, but I believe it was, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Yeah. Uh, Julianne um, Moore had her bottomless scene for a long time, and Huey Lewis had his wang out for a while. Okay, so here... Was that what that movie was about? I just can't tell you at all what that movie was about, except there was all kinds of w- w- wangs and... Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Ghostbusters theme. Kitty might have to trim some Ray Parker Jr. I, I actually had the Ghostbusters soundtrack, which has um, 
uh, so many other great songs on it. Doesn't I think it has a Pointer Sisters song? Yeah, there's a lot of great songs. Okay, so this is Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. which everyone okay. knows. Well, okay, hard to tell from there. Oh my god, it is a lot like it. So we'll listen to this for a few seconds. Well, no one was asking, but thank you for telling us this. I hear you like... Okay, it's coming. I'm on a new drug. Oh okay, my god! So that's Ghostbusters. And also, so we now- we we were glossing over where the part where Ray Parker Jr. says, "I hear he likes the girls." <laughs> like, wait, what now? He wait, what? He who does likes what? The girls? Who likes the girls? I hear he likes the girls. We okay. can't be doing that, guys, right? I want. I a hear new- likes. I want bum, 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 bum. The 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 baseline and is identical. It even starts with the same. Yeah. Oh my God! Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. If there's something swings in your neighborhood, who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. They even change the tempo. If there's something weird and it don't look good. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters! Wow. He settled for a lot. One that makes me feel like I feel when I'm with you. When I'm alone. You know what? I fucking love Huey Lewis. He's amazing. He had the, he had the balls to put out an album called Sports. Which is, that's an insane album title. Think about that. What do you call the record? I got it. Sports. <laughs> what is that? That's an album title. What's it called? Literature. I, I met Ray Parker Jr. Mm-hmm. at uh, I think at the Black Panther premiere, mm-hmm. and uh, he was so nice. That's a great name drop. So it wow. just makes me feel like uh, I feel bad. But, but but that's that's too close. It's it's that's close. way too close. I mean, it just yeah. it sounds like they're like, yeah. hey, you want to do this? No. Okay, we'll yeah. go fuck yourself. Then mm-hmm. we'll just make it ourselves. We have a funny story about something like this, which is we wrote uh, Jackie Chan wanted to do the pacifier. Okay, that was his idea. He wanted to do a movie that was like. He, Jackie Chan loves The Sound of Music. It's his favorite movie. Really? So he wanted to do something where he's Maria with uh, a bunch of kids. That's incredible. So we like figured out that whole story. It made way more sense with Jackie Chan, obviously. <laughs> um, it became a Vin Diesel movie after the tuxedo came out and flopped. But then Jackie still wanted to make the movie, so he just made a movie called The Spy Next Door, <laughs> which is basically every w- single word of our pitch and the whole movie of The Pacifier slightly retooled. But it was crazy because the pacifier was his idea. Right. So it was his idea to make this movie about this spy who moved, lives with a family. So he stole the idea from he himself. He stole the idea back from himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, you can't feel too bad about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't feel too bad about it. Yeah. In general, is every, everything else good? Things are great. Good, man. man. Things are really good. Ah, Tom, yeah. I just love you to pieces. I love you back. It's, it's great it's, to be it here. It always delights me. It always yeah. delighted me to have you on the show. I think one of the reasons why you get along with my mom so well, I think you guys might have the same birthday. Is it August 9th? It is August 9th. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. That's wow, that's weird. Two Le- but Leo's don't always, it's unlikely animal friendships. <laughs> Two, Two Leo's is an unlikely animal friendship. <laughs> um, and Leo's and Centaur's, the Sagittarius. Are you the Sagittarian? I am. What are you? What's the date? November 23rd. November 23rd. Yeah. Nice. So I think we are friends. Era. I don't know how astrology no, works. No, it does click. I'm not really sure. And then let's look up what Andy that. Dick is, because he was somewhere in the middle of us at, at uh, right. some spring break. I just remember Andy got into the van at spring break. <laughs> With just a 
giant jug of tequila or something. Sure. And sure, that was, sure. I think, the first time I met him. And I didn't know if he was a comedian. I didn't know if he was like a grip on the show. It was just this guy who got in the van with a jug. December like, 21st. There you go. December oh, the, 21st. the winter solstice, right? Or was that January 21st? No. Yeah. December 21st. Yeah. Um, well, this, you're the best. Thanks for having me. Grown and boiling. And the Bridge of Riddles. And the Bridge it's, of Riddles. Uh, it's available everywhere. But if you get it. It's now it. available. If you get it at the Barnes & Noble site, you get uh, there's an exclusive edition for Barnes & Noble that has a whole bunch in the back. Yeah. It, uh, maybe it's I got should... a whole – in the back, it's got the whole trainee's manual, which uh, was very fun to write. So, yeah. So, uh, so we should just read uh, some of the, the Ronan Boyle. I want a new drug, <laughs> one that won't make me sick, one that won't make me crash my car or, or make, make me feel, feel three feet thick. Is that what the words are? Yes. How do I not remember Aye. the words? Those are a new drug. Really beautiful. It's not bad. You know, I try to do the uh, the Brendan Gleeson thing where he does the little bit of a He's lisp. Got, that's a good. It's just a little bit sound. of a lisp. Yes, it's got the most beautiful accent. Know. I'm sure so if you're Irish, it's very offensive. Donald's got a perfect Donald. accent. Yeah. Yes, Donald. Donald Gleeson. Donald, but Donald also has the best American accent I've ever heard. He's got a good His one. His American accent is astonishing. If you didn't see David Wayne's movie from last year, A Futile and Stupid Gesture, Donald. Crushes it. He's that. great. He's, He's great in everything. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. for your book, Tom Lennon. Enjoy. I'll sign that one to you. It's very gorgeous. I brought a, I brought a pen. Please do. Please sign your book. Please sign our guest book as well. There's a lot of Irish lore on the front. Now, has anyone from the Leprechaun community reached out to you yet about uh, unfair representation? They, in... They're certainly going to. It's very defamatory. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't all know where gold is, Tom. That's a perpetuated myth. Enjoy your, enjoy your Irish um, burrito. You're the best. This was a delight. Do you feel better about? Can the, I live here. Yeah, also? sure. You can live here. Yeah. Do you feel better about? I could be like, um, the, could be like the the Alfred. You could be. Yeah. <laughs> you I, could, when I took a man, when I took when you were off, when you master wait, when you left <laughs> at midnight, I said I made a promise. <laughs> I made a promise that I will not let you down. Alfred, I'm going out. I'm Tom, Tom, I'm like going out. I'm going out. Yeah, to, so I could live in the basement. I'm going here. out to make hashtag dick jokes. And just, and just build, start building strange weapons in yeah. the basement. Yeah. I gotta go out. This is a very solid idea. Hashtag sad cats. It's a very sad cat. Yeah. Do you feel better about the cat thing now? I do. I, I, I can't believe that I've never talked to anybody about it. So it's been, let's see, what am I, 48? Yeah. yeah so it's been uh, 40... Uh, Ish. 43 years that I've never mentioned this to anyone that I watched a cat explode. I feel like yeah. you're going to mark your life by mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. events. Horizon. There's yeah. an event horizon of your life. Yeah. It's before you opened up about the, cat. the exploding cat story, mm-hmm. and then and now. after mm-hmm. that, I feel like mm-hmm. things are really going to start clicking. And now place. I'm going to go. I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to go drive right over to Ivan Reitman's office and just tell him about it. <laughs> <laughs> be like Ivan. Remember that day that you told me that the hell baby sucked? <laughs> well, guess what, sir? Sir. Could you ever forgive me? I was that wrong. Fell apart in front of my eyes. And then he just starts weeping openly, and mm-hmm. then you find out like that's was the we, whole. We just hug it out. That's the power uh, of Tom. You guys, this was so much fun. That was the ID Ten T podcast number ten eleven with Tom Lennon. It is time for a word salad wrap. Today, I thought maybe I'd. I thought today we should talk about cat health because that has been. The last I couple months of our, our lives. <laughs> that, uh, and also, we were just, I thought it would be good to share the story because we didn't know what the fuck was going on. We're still not a 
entirely 100% sure. Well, we think we know. We think happened. we know, but just just because we didn't know, and maybe this is if anyone out there who has cats who adores them as much as we do, that you should, maybe this will be helpful for you if your cat does the same thing, because it was fucking horrifying, but I say it in the podcast, but in um, a, few, a couple months ago, Anubis just started sneezing blood, like just like and it looks like it looks like someone sprayed a shotgun of blood um yeah, like on, on on the bed but that wasn't even as bad as it got no so a couple so a couple months ago when the, this podcast was first recorded sneezed blood a few times ultimately where did it land ultimately they just well he has rhinitis it, it, yeah it landed that you know because he he's older he's 13 now um and they said that he still has, late middle age for a cat, so right? He can yes. still live a very long time. <laughs> um, but you know, he's considered middle aged an adult cat. Um, Me and too. <laughs> I am also considered you know, a late middle aged cat. He used to be cat. a city cat. We we lived in New York in condos before. So since moving to Los Angeles, and he has a little catio, he's developed seasonal allergies. Nothing, <laughs> nothing too dramatic. Um, <laughs> oh. Nothing that serious. But in turn, he does have a form of rhinitis other than that he's in what i've been told by multiple vets because i've had second third fourth opinions like i would for myself i probably am overly protective yeah we finally (laughs) we we were having vet troubles a couple months ago but we finally settled on a really good vet that we're very happy with so we're all good there so we don't need any suggestions on that front but uh Um, so yes he has the seasonal allergies so we managed to get that under control and fixed and he seemed all good until until we had two earthquakes recently in Los Angeles. And oddly, the earthquakes, uh, not oddly, I mean, this is just what happens when the earth uh, shakes itself around, shakes up a lot of dust and a lot of particulates in right, the air. Right, and a lot of foreign particles that have probably been settled on or underground that have now been kicked up into the air. So His we're little patio all, space is like, is like screened in, but there's still like dust and shit. Right, and through. he's he's tiny. He has you know a tiny. Little well, cats nose. have tiny, tiny noses. Yes, exactly. So what the vet has theorized because he's been seeing a lot of pet owners, in particular cats and very small dogs coming in, is that there was inflammation already in his nose because he had allergies, and then all these particles, foreign particles, were kicked up. He inhaled these foreign particles and pollens. And that sort of increased the inflammation, which caused an erosion down to his nasal artery, which in turn, it ruptured. Which is a real fucked up thing to it, witness. It was horrific. I, I'm still getting over it. I mean, he became the, in the middle of the night incarnate of Reagan from The Exorcist. There was blood everywhere. I didn't know what to do. It was horrifying. He was, it was, he was, it was pouring out of his nose. He was throwing it up because, because it was it going, was going down, down his, his throat and he was, must have been swallowing it. It, it was everywhere. It, it was traumatic. It was awful. And so it, when someone's cat starts sneezing, but, and this, and for some reason it always happens in the middle of the night. Yeah. I don't know what that is or why. I'm just thankful that we were home. Right. Cause I can't imagine. I, I don't even want to go there. If we hadn't been home, we were home. So it's fine. Obviously, um, you know, if, if your cat starts sneezing blood, uh, take him to the vet. Take him to the vet immediately. Don't wait. Don't even. I mean, you can go online, but it's not going to be helpful. Just go to the vet because they're going to need antibiotics. <laughs> they're going to need, and he needed a lot of care because he was unable to eat. He wouldn't eat because he couldn't smell anything, 
And so why don't you give folks a little recipe at home? <laughs> I, I have a couple recipes. I wrote them and I did put them on a new Lydia, Lydia, Lydia had to page. pin that poor cat down, who is a great cat, but he does not like being, it's very hard to administer medicine to him. And she basically had to pin him down and, and syringe food in his mouth yeah, for a week. Yeah, I had to force feed, syringe feed food. So what's, what's, what's the recipe of food that you pulped down into well, a there's, syringe? there's a few. Um, I actually heard from other people that it had similar incidents online to get uh, this kind of goo called Nutri-Cal, um, and that's sort of like a high-calorie thing that I was mixing together. And I, Just I to got, give him more calories. To get more calories so, because yeah. he wasn't eating, and he was rapidly losing weight. And it was just you know another terrifying afterthought after everything that happened. Um, so at first, you know, I had... Um, you know, I boiled some cubed chicken in chicken bone broth, and I squeezed a lot of the NutriCal in there to add extra calories. And I was syringing that into his mouth for about a day and a half. But grinding it into a, a paste. Right, yes. I, I blended it together after that, so it was a paste. So I was syringing that to him for about a day and a half, almost two days. And then I started um, melting down his dry food. So I soaked it in warm water. Uh, for about 20 minutes and then I used a whisk and I was blending that down and I gave that to him for about half a day and then I went even further and I started adding half a can of canned food to the dry food mixture that I'd turned into this slush and then I was still adding in the Tomlin's NutriCal and I was managing to at least get food into him and nutrients into him um, and you want to make sure that there is water in that because when they can't smell and their noses are in pain, they're also not drinking. Yeah, because, you know, I guess evolutionarily they would need to be able to smell what they're eating to make right. sure Right, they're not like dogs. They're not as visual as dogs. They can see the food. They do know that it's there, but if they can't smell it, they have, they're, they have they're a just problem. not going to eat it. They'll sort of walk away. Yeah, and so um, obviously Lydia and I are not vets. We're not telling you what to do with your pets. You know, your own, you know, whatever you do is your own choice. Just that's our sort of legal disclaimer. But as horrifying as it was, finally, after a week, he, thank God, started eating on his own. And he seems to be like well on the road. He's, like he's eating. Yeah, yeah, he's eating now. He's, he's, he's well on the road to recovery. He's finally, he's finally he's better. He's finally but, acting like himself again. His, he's got bright eyes. But I guess he's we just yelling. wanted to give anyone some hope who might be experiencing the same thing because it looked, you, you think, well, this cat's going to die. There's no way this cat's going to be okay with this much blood shooting out of their body, out of their face. But it, it you know, it, it, which is why you should immediately get them to a vet. Uh, but also sometimes you do need a second opinion. I mean, unfortunately, the first place that I took him to just shot him full of a bunch of steroids, put him back in the carrier, which was, mind you, covered with bloody vomit. And they were like, oh, you know, those gurgling sounds. And yeah, don't worry about it. He's fine. He's, he's fine. Just take him home. He'll be fine. And I called you after I loaded him in the car. The cat is choking and howling and still vomiting blood. And at this point, he started foaming at the mouth. And I was like, he's not fine. Everyone keeps telling me he's fine. I don't know what to do. But in turn, it was a miracle because we found these amazing vets who were taking care of him. Yeah, and I also... To get him back to full health. I also think it's good because what I said to you on the phone when you called and said, I don't care what they said, he's not fine. I'm taking him to another vet for a second opinion. Um, You know, no one knows your pet better than you know your pet. So if something in your gut is telling you, like, this is not... This is not right. It's okay to get a second opinion. It's okay to 
just make sure that you're... Uh, and you're- if you know something, like, you, you know when something's wrong. Like, we all have that, you know, gut instinct. And when you know that, don't let someone tell you otherwise. Because that could be a grave and fatal mistake. It could be, yeah. But it also, it worked out well in this case. You were well, No, but it worked out well because I trusted my gut <laughs> and I went to another vet. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm glad you did. And I told you at the time when you were doing it, I'm like, you know this cat better than anyone. So you, yes. you take, take him... <laughs> Take, you know, get all the opinions in the world if you need to. And you were right, because the second you brought him into the other vet, they were like, oh, my God, get him back here. They him back into the ICU in their clinic. And thankfully, they hooked him up to an IV um, of fluids and I think something called heparin. And they had him put on oxygen and they were able to stop the bleeding, get the clotting under control and able to begin the healing process. Because realistically, he could have choked and suffocated and died oh my gosh i know well now we can finally now everything is good now Now we can get some sleep <laughs> yes it all worked out okay yes but we've just been on we've just been like on sleep watch where you're just you're asleep in the middle of the night you just hear a and then you're like oh my god what is it okay all right okay and he's I'm okay already a light sleeper so. yeah i know <laughs> I know when I when I move around a little bit, much less when the cat is I'm like, like, "What's happening? Who's in the house?" Just me. What's going on? I live here too. It's just me. I'm haunting our house. We're, we're preparing for one day future theoretical babies, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're on alert. We're on high alert, <laughs> and hopefully they don't sneeze blood because that's no, that, a horrible thing yes, to witness. No. Um, so that's it. Hopefully that is uh, some of that was helpful for you. Those are the things that we did again. Um, you know, we can't give you official advice because it's medicine and the, the law. But, you know, hopefully sharing our experiences will help some of you if you are going through uh, your own your own pet stuff. Um, and uh, and yeah, and hopefully your pets are all happy and healthy and you are happy and healthy. And we appreciate you. And thank you so much for listening. And uh, I'll see you in your ears next week. Munch those tacos. I'm going to say that every time you have me on here, just so you know. <laughs> That is that is my phrase for the end of this. Thanks Fuck that. the burritos. Munch those tacos, folks. Just get in there. You have to understand we just we just made tacos the other day and, yeah. they, and they were really good. They're awesome. So keep munching. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the new catchphrase yep, yep. that I'm sure is going to sweep the nation. It will. I I'm yes. All right. ID 10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito.